On today's show, I have Amy Jo Plummer. She is the VP of Acquisition Success at Maxwell. Maxwell is the only technology and services provider offering everything lenders need to drive a more seamless, efficient mortgage process, creating a better lending experience for the hundreds of thousands of home buyers they serve every year. Now, for a general audience, we're actually not super familiar with this company because it's a B2B company. What they do is behind the scenes, but the scale at which they do it is incredible. They were recently ranked as the 15th fastest growing software company in the U.S. on the Inc. 5000 list. They work with over 300 mortgage lenders, banks, and credit unions, so they have some unique insight into the world of lending. They have a big data set on their hands that allows them to have a deep understanding of the different dynamics of people looking to get a mortgage. Now, the people at Maxwell began to see an emerging trend. The number of single mortgage applicants who were women was growing, and this group brought with it a unique set of goals, challenges, and intentions. Maxwell made it their mission to understand the habits and motivations of these women so they could help educate the lenders they serve on ideal ways to provide outreach and education to meet the needs of the single woman home buyer. And the reason I want to share these insights with you is because my hope is that you see yourself in this data and realize that ladies, you are not alone in this journey. And I specifically want to talk with Amy Jo because in addition to working for Maxwell, she is actually quoted in this report and she has purchased two properties as a single mortgage applicant. So she knows this process very well. Well, Amy Jo, I am so glad to have you on the show today. Now, leading in, I went into kind of this meaty introduction about Maxwell where I could share as much as I could in a really short period of time, but is there anything else about you, the company that you work for that you want to point out to, to show why you guys are an authority on this single woman home buyer? Yeah, I, I will say part of our first and foremost, our, our mission is to provide a permanent financial disruptive financial advantage for our customers. And over the last couple of years or year more so, as you well know, uh, that's Matt really kind of diving in on where is the money? Who's buying? Who's refinancing? Who's who's actually out there still trudging along in this market? And we have a really big advantage to, to have a huge data set of almost $300 billion flow through our platform. And because of that, we've been able to kind of dig into the data right? Like we, we've looked for trends. We've, we've looked for um, segments that, that are still active in this market. And when we started analyzing that, what, what really showed through were, were this consistent group of, you know, single women homebuyers. And we wanted to dive in further on it, right? So when we see these trends, our amazing team at Maxwell really kind of wants to hone in on specifically is this actually something that we can suss out and we research it further and we can, we'll obviously talk more about it, but mm -hmm. we, we took it a step further by actually surveying this, this single women segment as well as interviewing some of them. So the, the expertise is really more so what can we glean from the data? Like that's, that's a big piece of it is we can think one thing, but trust, but verify always. And mm -hmm. that's, that's really what we did in this scenario to help our 
our customers at Maxwell say, hey, this is this is a market segment you really need to start going after. And we didn't know what that was going to look like when we started. I love that because that was the, you kind of answered the next question I was going to ask you, which is why, why understand how to work with this audience? And so, um, because like I said in the intro that, you know, the single woman home buyer kind of brings an interesting set of expectations and dreams and desires and um, kind of not the normal, you know, um, I guess, shall we say baggage? <laughs> That, right. that a home buyer brings. And so I love that you guys focused on this. There was one clarification that I thought was really important that um, was a bit of a light bulb moment for me. And, and it might be the same for some of our audience. And that's the fact that you're classifying this group of mortgage applicants as a, fem- a female home buyer who applies for a mortgage on her own. So this means she may or may not be married because um, e- even married women can apply for a mortgage on her own. And in, the couple may decide to do that just because of her financial credentials, or she may or may not be in a serious relationship or cohabitating. So there's kind of a bunch of different ways this woman lives her life. And so with with more women delaying marriage and living independently for longer, um, or even being the primar- primary income earner for the home, there's so many circumstances that exist that would create the scenario where a woman a woman would be the sole applicant on a mortgage. So to clarify for the rest of the interview, for all the ladies listening, that um, we will use the word single interchangeably with, um, with solo or independent to mean that there was only one applicant on the loan, not that she's, you know, a single lady kind of thing. So, um, so with that, is there anything else you want to add to that clarification? Yeah, I think that's a great point of clarity. And, and to be completely upfront, I fit in that segment. Um, mm-hmm. I am actually married and I've purchased two homes as a single woman applicant. Mm-hmm. So I do fall in that bucket. And and what I think, especially with younger generations, you know, there are a ton of reasons and you lift, listed off several, um, you know, for, for us, it was, you know, we, we had a home in St. Louis and we were relocating to Dallas, which love it. Love yeah. Texas, by the way, I've been here for five years, never leaving, hopefully. <laughs> um, but, but for us, it was, we, we had sort of an overlap and it was like, Hey, I, I would really like the opportunity to, to do this on my own. When I met my husband, he had a mortgage, um, without me. So it was like, Hey, let's use our credit to the, to the best advantages as, as we can for other women, you know, they may just see it as, as something they, they want to accomplish or mm-hmm. they, they have to apply on their own. Um, regardless of what it is, what we're seeing is the lack of intimidation of taking it on their them themselves, right? Like that's mm-hmm. that's I think what stuck out to me is that they're leaning in, making the financials work. Um, sometimes single income, sometimes not, but despite that lack of affordability and a crazy market, mm-hmm. become a, a a huge growing segment. Yeah. And that's one of the things I hope to achieve with this whole platform is just educating women that you can do this. And we have, and I've said it on a previous podcast is where, you know, it's hard because we just don't have this um, history of seeing our our mothers or our grandmothers do this. And so we just kind of think, oh, that's not for me. Again, why I love what you guys did and why why this platform exists is just to educate more women. Like, hey, this is possible. Because I think there are a lot of women who think, 
oh, you know, my husband had a little bit of a snafu before we got married and his credit's down here. Mine's up here. There's no way we could get a home. Well, he doesn't have to be on the loan. Do it yourself. Yes. Yes. So, um, you know, we've kind of already started, but we'll do a little more bragging on the ladies. Would you go over some of the findings um, that you guys discovered on how single women are standing out among single men in the data? Yeah. I think first and foremost, this, this wasn't like a flash in the pan trend that, and and that's something else that we wanted to verify, right? Mm -hmm. It's not just quarter over quarter. It's not just year over year, but over the last several years, this market segment has been gaining traction. And now the single woman home buyer represents 22%, Hmm. 22%. So it's striking because a lot of the times throughout mortgage history in the past, Groups that have been excluded from homeownership typically don't have a rising segment when it's tough for everyone, right? Mm-hmm. This this market is tough for everyone. So mm-hmm. that's what strikes me as being really amazing is in this tough market, a, a portion of, of homebuyers who historically have had difficulty gaining access to, to mortgages, to homes, to home buying have been consistently growing. Nothing stops us, right? <laughs> so I, I think that's what's really amazing. And I think that, you know, growing by 10% just since 2021, like that's how fast that segment grew, which is mind blowing, right? The single men segment grew 7%. So we're outpacing even that single men segment of home buyers, um, you know, at 22%, that's a significant piece of the market. And by the way, out of that 22%, 39% of those single women home buyers are diverse. Black, Hispanic, Latinx. Yeah. I I, I mean, it's Asian multicultural, like a huge diverse segment, which also, again, I think shows you where we're trending as far as making sure that even when it seems almost impossible, we're going to do it anyway. You know, (laughs) that whole group is like, Hey, um, we're, we're not hearing great things, but this is something that's important to us culturally. This is something that's important to us uh, financially. So we're going to figure out ways to do it. Um, you know, and, and we talked about the single woman segment. I am, I'm not a single woman and that I'm married, but mm-hmm. I was a single home buyer, but of that group, um, ultimately the, there's only 33% that are actually married. So mm-hmm. there is a significant chunk of that group that, that is what, you know, the single ladies <laughs> segment that, uh, that is still out there buying homes. So I don't want to discount the fact that a lot of them are doing it you know, on their own, unmarried, they possibly have a partner, but they're not reporting a spouse. So huge chunk. So that's, that's definitely something to brag on with our, with our group. And I am so proud of that segment. Um, I, I purchased my home as a single mom and it was one of the highlights of my life just to have that internal, like, I did this for my daughter and me and that sense of accomplishment. And that's another thing too, is I just want women to, to feel that, you know, that like, wow, I did it. And then for our daughters to see that, um, I think it's so, or our kids, you know, not just daughters, but our kids. So, so I love that, that I'm not an outlier. I love that this is a growing trend and we're going to start seeing more and more of this. So, um, one of the things the report mentioned was that 40% of women buy a home because of high rent prices. And that's one thing that with buying a home, it kind of locks in your cost of living is, is something that I tell people, whereas with rent, that landlord could increase the price however much they want, depending on the market swings, it, it can go crazy. And so 
or they could just decide to sell and then you're out of a lease when it's over. Absolutely. So yeah, what are yeah. some of the other reasons, and maybe we've, we've exhausted the list, but what are some of the other reasons that women said they wanted to buy a home? Yeah, I think you hit on one piece is, is stability, right? I mm-hmm. think that you see landlords r- raising rents, they, they do it at any time, you're paying mm-hmm. their bills, and they could just sell out from under you. So stability, that's mm-hmm. that's a big reason. When we we surveyed the women, um, you know, that that was 40% of the women said stability. Now they were allowed to choose multiple different things, but 40% of those, you know, thousand women that we surveyed said it was, it was about stability. Um, I I think another really cool piece is 20% were doing it um, to rent long-term themselves or as an investment on a short-term Airbnb, you know, um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. property like Airbnb. So very cool. So you have women that are saying, Hey, I've recognized that I need to get involved in again investing in my future. So that was twenty percent, which I thought was extremely high, mm-hmm. um, which is which is amazing. Um, I think another really cool stat was almost thirty percent wanted to build equity and grow their net worth. So you could combine that with the stability piece, right? I want to mm-hmm. be more stable, but I'm also going to check this box that I want to grow. I want to build equity. I mm-hmm. want to build that worth. I want to create that generational, um, you know, investment to to pass down. Thirty-seven um, percent want to start a family, so this is one of the steps involved in starting that family. Mm-hmm. Buy a home for their their existing kids. So almost forty percent are saying like, "Hey, this has to do with with me moving forward for my family too." And then. Uh, this is another another stat that I think is pretty cool that 24% want to provide housing for extended family. That's so cool. we're we're looking again at that generational um, mindset of this is not just about me, but it's about my family. It's about my kids. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that those are some some pretty cool reasons to buy a house if you're buying a house. Well, for sure. And another line that um, in like our office and, and I'll say to clients a lot and you touched on was about building the equity because, yeah, you mentioned you're paying the landlord's bills and you're, when you're a renter, you're building someone's equity. It's just not yours. And so because right. that landlord exists to make money, not as a you know philanthropic endeavor. So um, so I think those are great reasons that women should should look into home ownership. And now switching over to the money conversation. Um, and again, I keep saying, I love that you guys did this research. I think so many women think that those who have bought a home had so much more money in the bank than they actually did, or maybe they had an easier time saving up the money. Um, but the data actually told a different story for 60% of women, they had to save for two years or more for their down payment. So Let's talk about the grit and determination that these women had to save up to buy a home. Yeah, I think you add to it that that's even more impressive when we acknowledge the wage gap, right? Yeah, that's so true. when when you're looking that we're historically being paid less mm-hmm. and we still are are taking that less um, you know, amount of money and we're saving it and we're we're take we're thinking about it and it's it's thoughtful, it's purposeful, it's it's very driven um and you know the commitment, I think, to to being creative and being determined. You know, they the, those who buy a loan, you know, they they tend to choose the smaller upfront commitments and lower monthly payments. I think because we have less money historically, right? Mm-hmm. So we're still putting in the effort to save, to do what it takes, and to educate ourselves and understanding what we have to accomplish 
and then saying, okay, I've reached that, that goalpost. I'm ready. Let's do it. So again, the, the, for me, it's very impressive when you consider overall, we're, we're making less money, even mm-hmm. though we make up a, a larger portion of the college educated workforce, we're at almost 51%, you know, we're, we're still making less money. And yet you still see us as a faster, stronger rising part of the homeownership community. Well, and this is where I feel like so much of what I want to do and kind of my role with home buying for women is I'm kind of like the cheer, a chief cheerleading officer is I just want to like cheer us on and pat all these women on the back and be like, you go girl, this is amazing. I'm so proud of you for doing this. And because it is hard work for those of us who have been there and have made the sacrifices and have said that, no, I can't go grab Starbucks today, even though I really want to, you know, like all those no's, all those little bitty, tiny decisions that lead up to this big thing. Those are hard to keep making consistently. They lead up to a big yes. They lead up to a big yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, so I'm just, I'm so proud of of these women. And, um, and so women also, you know, to do this, like I was just saying, you know, you say no to Starbucks, they've had to get creative in the process to saving up money. So can you tell us, um, did the research uncover any ways that women were a little more creative to save up for this down payment? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, you know, 64% the, of the women that we surveyed actually had to move to a mm-hmm. different locale to buy. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's sort of like, Hey, I may have been renting in this specific area, but I've recognized it's important enough to me to, to purchase my own home. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to make a sacrifice and move some somewhere that actually is more affordable to buy my own home and create my own equity and my generational wealth. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I think they go to really great lengths to save the money required to do that with, uh, I think 44% actually took on additional work hours. So we're working extra hard in order to be able to do that. It's not just about the saying no to Starbucks. That's a great example though, yeah. but we're actually saying above and beyond that, we're going to work more to get there. Um, 37% took on a second job to be mm-hmm. able to purchase a home. So talk about a sacrifice. I mean, mm-hmm. a, a huge percentage of those women also said they were doing this because they they wanted a, a home for their family. So, you know, you can, you can probably make the, the assumption that they, they may have kids at home and they're taking on a second job in order to make this happen for their family. Um, and 24% actually moved in with their family to, to save up the money to buy a home. I believe it's a huge sacrifice. I love the family, (laughs) but man, think about what that means, right? You have your independence and you've moved back to back in with your family, which I think is a trend we're seeing, Mm -hmm. uh, more and more in order to save that money. Like, Hey, mom and dad, can I camp out in your basement? I want to buy a home and this is how I get there. So I, I think that they also have gotten creative with the housing that they actually will purchase too, because you're seeing one of the solutions, even Warren Buffett agrees and is invested in this, this segment, they purchase manufactured homes at more than three times the rate as their male counterparts. So mm-hmm. they're saying, Hey, I'm looking at affordable housing as an option, not just a cheaper market, but an, an actual more affordable style of home. Mm-hmm. Uh, 51% bought single family homes, but 14% bought a multifamily home. So they're creating an investment strategy with their home where they're probably occupying it and then renting maybe the rest of it out. Um, so I think that that's, again, finding creative ways to make your money work for you is something that that the women home buyers really 
shined through in this mm -hmm. survey. When, uh, we got surprising answers about what they were buying and why they were buying it. You know, and I think it's interesting to say that even like you guys who are in the mortgage industry and all you do is eat, sleep, breathe mortgages. And even you guys found interesting highlights in the data that you weren't expecting to the extent of the different types of homes people are buying. And so I think that speaks to the lack of education in the marketplace for all the different ways you can buy a home. You know, you can get an FHA loan for an investment property while you live in one side of it and rent the other side out, you know? And so there are ways to kind of hack this home buying process. And it's not just the simple, oh, I'm buying my single family brick home with a white picket fence. And, and that's how it looks all the time, every time. And so I love the idea that we can um, realize, hey, there's more than one way to do this. And it's totally fine. Like there is no stigma around, um, you know, a manufactured home or a multifamily home and renting out the other side. Like you go, you do it. I love that we have more of this information out there to make it more approachable. Um, so anyway, again, kudos to you guys for getting this out there. Now we touched on, you know, the different types of homes that women are buying right now. Um, another thing that stood out to me was the different age brackets of women that have been buying homes because just you know, anecdotally, I would have just kind of assumed it was maybe an older woman who had had time to save up for that down payment and make the purchase. But actually, um, you guys have a lot of millennial and Gen Z women who are going after home ownership. Can you tell us a little more about that data? Yeah, I think that that that's the perfect example of the whatever it takes mm -hmm. um, approach, because that's the biggest bucket that that we found. We're taking that whatever it takes approach. Um, and I think more millennials and Gen Zers are, you know, they're, they're putting off marriage, possibly um, putting off having children than previous generations and are doing things like prioritizing homeownership. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so that's really where we see the motivation coming from. And that group is also really rising in the workforce. You heard me mention earlier, um, you know, research found that for the first time ever, we're, we're over that 50 percent mark of college degree um, educated workforce, right? So we, mm -hmm. we are over that 50%. So we're making up a bigger chunk of that. And I think that's also because you're seeing women in that segment of women get out there and say, okay, I want, I want my college education. I want this job. And then I want my house. Right. And I think that, that viewing that, um, 55% of them being 34 or younger, right. Of, of this, this single women segment. So it's people that are prioritizing things that historically, I think that they possibly haven't. So that's, mm -hmm. that's the other reason why it's still a growing segment because they're, they're starting to take ownership of, okay, I, I can do these things and create my own destiny. So mm -hmm. I, I think that that's, that's, that's something meaningful. Right. And instead they're, they're focusing on careers. There's, they're focusing on earning potential financial autonomy. Housing is a big part of that chunk. So when you have these motivated women, the, whatever it takes, um, women, the, the, they're going to make sure that they they create financial destiny with a home. And, you know, despite the advances and the the wage increases, we still lag, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, th this was really meaningful that that we found you you think, okay, so these women are making a lot of money. So they're out buying houses. 60% of the the women in in our survey made less than than a hundred thousand dollars. 
um, a year. Yeah. And ultimately 37% made between 50 and 99. Mm -hmm. So, and then 23% made under $50,000. So you have women out there that are making under $50,000 and they are purchasing a home. It just shows you, listen, you, you can do it. You can make it happen. You can be creative. It, you don't have to make $200,000 a year to buy a home. You just mm-hmm. don't. And I think that's become such a myth. Um, and, and I'm sure Jennifer, you see it more than I see it even, right? Because we're seeing things when people get a loan, right? So mm-hmm. they, they've taken that step and they're out there doing it. Mm-hmm. You see it as the, the, I don't know if this is possible for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can make this happen. When a quarter of, of these women make under $50,000, that should be a, a light bulb moment for, I, I hope so many to say, okay, maybe I can make this happen. Yeah. And I think that that, that certainly is, is when they probably start educating themselves about, okay, so what do I have to do in order to mm-hmm. make it happen? Right. Yeah. I think, and, and that maybe should be the highlight of the story. Like the fact that 25% of these single female applicants are making less than $50,000 um, because let's face it, you know, that, that goes very quickly in this day and age. And so like to be able to use that and, and be able to afford a mortgage, it's so impressive that, you know, back to the grit and determination and whatever it takes, like this is possible. So I love that statistic. And and I'm so glad that that was kind of teased out from the data that, you know, it is so approachable. And I think so many women just immediately discount themselves, like you said, to say, oh, there's no way I could do this. So, um, so if there's one takeaway from this whole thing, it's yes, you can. So let's start the process. And that's the thing too, is I want to encourage more women to start the process now. And maybe today it's not the answer for whatever reason, but let's start that plan and get you. And on another podcast interview I did with a lender, we talked about getting from the gap to the goal and to be able to say, Hey, there, we can create a plan to get you there. So I love that you guys, um, brought that to light, but I think too, it kind of leads into another point that, Um, I wanted to bring up and it's that, you know, women, um, what you guys found was that women are very uncomfortable with the mortgage process. And actually that is one of the things that keeps them away from applying for a loan is just kind of not knowing about the process or just, like I said, generally just feeling uncomfortable. So what are some of the takeaways you guys found in the data with with that kind of, um, I guess, psychological hurdle that women put around buying a home? Yeah, I mean, I, I will say for personal experience, you know, I, I'm in the industry mm-hmm. and it's still a terrifying prospect, mm-hmm. right? Yep. You know, to sign your name to a 30-year commitment mm-hmm. or something. Yep. You know, the person that brings that to the table for you and says, this is the best rate. This is the best deal for you. You have to trust that person a lot. You're trusting them with your financial future. So I I think that women view that differently and and have just a a natural distrust of it because we have been excluded from that process for a long time. Mm -hmm. And now that we're in the driver's seat of our financial futures, I think women are, are investing in relationships more. Um, and figuring out the folks that they want to trust to do this with. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually found that that we're far less likely to trust uh, the lender um, when we start working with them. Nearly 30% of women were very, let's let's call it distrusting in the mm-hmm. start of their process. They mm-hmm. weren't confident. Um, and over a quarter did not trust their loan officers. 
So, you know, both of those metrics are, are 10% higher than their male counterparts and, and male applicants. Yeah. So when you look at that same group, over 10% of women lacked the trust that, that their, their male counterparts had going into it. And the most common reasons for, for that were essentially the, the lack of communication, education, and support from their mortgage lending professionals. So this says a lot. And Jennifer, you, you see this all the time. I'm sure you want to provide a trusting environment for mm-hmm. your consumers to be able to purchase a home mm-hmm. and even going through the process. And this is women answering these questions after they've went through the process and, you know, they, their dissatisfaction is that they feel like they weren't given an opportunity to really truly understand what was going on. Mm-hmm. So again, education is such a key part of the process. Mm-hmm. Your, your loan officer, your agent should all be able to explain in rather simple terms, what mm-hmm. you're signing up for and what this means for you and everything you're paying for. Don't don't just sign things away because that's what somebody's putting in front of you. That's going to create that dissatisfaction later. Understand everything and make sure you're working with a professional that can explain everything to you. Mm-hmm. And you know, that that personally me, I, I work with um, you know, and and have somebody that I've worked with for a for a long time. And I I've also worked one or two times with somebody that I, I hadn't had a history with, and it was a much different experience. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I took for granted that I had a wonderful LO and a a wonderful um, lender that took the time to explain everything. And, and they used the technology that say Maxwell provides where you can be a busy working woman and still be able to simply drag and drop docs or, or Mm -hmm. get them what they need. But, you know, of those not confident I, I think the the biggest part of that was not feeling like that they had worked with somebody to educate them on what they were going through. Yeah. And I think that's so challenging because I think as women, and this is just anecdotal, I don't have the thousands of interviews, you know, the, all the data points that you guys have, but I feel like we feel so vulnerable to expose this like deep personal stuff about our finances. You know, financial conversations are taboo. And it, like, we're not supposed to discuss that in, in good company. And so, you know, it's, um, it's so bringing that, like having to come to the table with someone who's a stranger, you know, and, and say, and like reveal all this personal information, even if it's positive, I think there's still some intimidation around it. So I'm glad that you guys um, pulled this data out because I think if more loan officers and lenders knew that, hey, we need to be way more um, almost like overly communicative in the process of getting a loan. It would just bring down the stress level and bring down these walls that we put up because we're just kind of like, ooh, you know, I don't, I don't know that I want to go there. I, I think that, you know, proactive, of the women that were happy with the process, 57% said proactive communication was what made them happy about the mm-hmm. process. So there you go. That the that that just shows you that that if you're proactively communicating and ex- and explaining it and educating, you're going to create a much better experience for for your borrower. And thirty five percent of the women um, that that we surveyed went with a local lender. Hmm. So I think that that's that's also a, an amazing statistic that you want somebody that you can have a relationship with that lives in your community that is is part of of the fiber of of what you're doing because 
they they want to have that trust. It's extremely important to women to have that built in. Mm-hmm. You know, we've mentioned over the course of this interview that you've been there, you've bought your own home on your own. What advice do you have for our audience if they're kind of in on the fence right now and not sure if they should start on the path to home ownership, or maybe they want to buy a home, like they know they want to, they're just not sure what to do next. Any just like general advice you have for them? Yes. It's nothing groundbreaking. Start educating yourself. Yeah. Start talking to somebody. You you probably know somebody that knows somebody or certainly somebody like yourself, Jennifer, a realtor. And you say, Hey, how, what do I do? How do I start this? Um, I'm sure that, that Jennifer and many others that, that you could possibly talk to won't call you every other day asking if you want to move forward with something. Yeah. Right. But, but they can set you in the right direction to figure out if this is a, a, a good path for you. Mm-hmm. I would bet that it probably is. Mm-hmm. But they can set you on the right path to figure that out and start educating yourself on on the differences between a 30 year and a 15 year and and what it means when we are all talking and it's it's taking up the news, um, you know, constantly about mortgage rates. What's mm-hmm. the difference between a, a 6% and a 3% mortgage rate? And what does it mean for us? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you hear people talk a lot about supply and demand. Start familiarizing yourself. You don't have to be a mortgage expert to get a mortgage. As a matter of fact, the majority of people that get a mortgage are not mortgage experts. So many people have done this before you and probably known a a lot less. But if it's important to you to understand if this is a good decision for you, or you know you want to move forward with it, the first step is often the hardest because you feel really trepidatious that you might be disappointed or that maybe it's not possible for you. Mm -hmm. And even if it's not possible today, how do you get there? Yeah. How do you get to that place? And understanding that is the the very best weapon you can arm yourself with is knowing what you have to do to get there. Totally agree. Couldn't have said it better myself, Amy Jo. Before we wrap this up, I want to thank you so much for your time today. And I love that we were able to talk about this report. And my hope is that some of the people listening to this podcast are hearing this and going, oh, this is actually something I can do now. So um, if any of our listeners want to get a hold of this report, how can they go about getting it? Yeah. I mean, I, if you want to read the full import, report, it includes charts, the stories, um, a lot of um, excerpts from interviews that that we that we performed post um, researching the data. You can go to our resource, resource hub at highmaxwell.com slash resources. Um, we also have an e- ebook white paper section um, in there where you can look at, at additional data. You can, again, educate yourself on on how you start this process. You know, we we look to turn the tide of homeownership and and really empower not only our our customers and our lenders, but empower our borrowers, right? That's that's part of what's at the heart of what we do. So check it out again, highmaxwell.com slash resources. Um check out that that home women home buying report and um take a look at some of the data. We we covered just a small chunk today, which seems crazy because we spit mm-hmm. out a lot of stats, but mm-hmm. there's there for you to check out and and hopefully find interest in as well. Yeah, for sure. It's like a 20 page report. So there is a lot of good stuff there. So, well, again, thank you so much, Amy Jo. I appreciate this. I love this conversation and uh, I look forward to letting this be a springboard for so many women to start their path to home ownership. So thank you. Yeah, I hope so too. Thank you so much for having me, Jennifer.
My pleasure. Well, friends, that is the show for today. If you liked what you heard, please be sure to rate and subscribe to this channel and share it with your friends. The growth of this platform is critical to giving you quality interviews just like this one to help women like you set themselves and their families up to buy a home. And if you want to start your home buying journey, join one of our growth groups. And we're starting these to meet virtually, and they're designed to keep you encouraged through this process and provide you with tips and resources to get you positioned to buy a home. Sign up for one today at homebuyingforwomen.com slash growth. In addition, those who like to wear suits in the office tell me that I need to let you know that I am not a financial advisor, CPA, tax advisor, or anyone that is tied to your individual finances, nor are any of my guests unless otherwise specified. The content provided by our platform is for informational purposes only and are expressions of opinion. In order to make the best financial decision for your situation, you should seek advice from a seasoned CPA, financial or investment advisor, lender or realtor. And if you are looking for a seasoned lender or realtor, we can help you with that. Just go to homebuyingforwomen.com slash guide and answer a few questions and we'll get you connected. Well, that is all for today's interview. Thanks so much for joining me and I'll see you next time. Bye now.